I just did that, that for you. Yeah, I can record. I got a button there. Yeah. Have you got this? Have you got this read AI thing in here? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. But like, it's been recording since you opened the Zoom room. Um, but you wouldn't have said anything. Right? Be a way to, well, I don't know. It, like, there's got to be a way to start and stop it, if that makes sense. But if you didn't say any words, it wouldn't be transcribing anything, right? No, you're right. Have you just been sitting there talking to yourself without anyone else in here? <laughs> I'm just thinking about my... I have like I've I have a session in next week three hours and the, th the first thirty minutes is like we don't do anything it's just when people are turning up over a thirty minute window yeah I want to so where you've got like, a, it's in the participants area isn't it yeah it's you actually you can only just kick it out though can't you <clears throat> or you could remove. Yeah, all right. That's probably a way to do it. Remove them and only bring them in at the last minute. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we're here. Oh, cool. I'll, I'm keen to see what it does because last week it was just weirdly configured, so I didn't really get much out of it. Well, you got the summary, so that's, I guess, probably the most important. The summary was pretty accurate. Like, I've tried a few of these tools that summarize uh, videos and audio, and um, that was as good as one, any one I've seen. All right. Hey, you on, Dave? Good man. What's happening? Just, um, literally just trying to figure out what domain names are expiring and what kind of ridiculous fees I have to pay for domain names that I never ever use. I got offered a few thousand dollars for for one of my domains this week. Take it. <laughs> it's um contentmachine.com. Oh, that's actually a good one. That's what I thought, but I have no use for it. Mm. Even is it for your book at the moment, or like it redirects or something? To... It redirects, but it's I don't get any traffic from it. I don't use it. Like the book is so out of date. Like I just I, I don't tell people not to buy it. Um, <laughs> but I just kind of thought like it's it's a cool domain. If I ever want to do anything to do with content, it'd be handy to have. Well, it's probably going to appreciate in value. You would think. Mm. It's hard to sell domains though. I've had some good ones and thought people would buy them, but they're kind of hard to sell. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike monkeys, monkeys pretty easy to sell. Turns out <laughs> you did sell your monkey this week, though. We we learned. Yeah, you guys knew before I knew. Yeah. Well, Just the blockchain the, uh... is public, so you know it, you get to follow these things. I get little alerts now when things happen on your wallet. Why are you like stalking me or something? I've got I've got you locked on here, like so. Every time something happens, it it alerts me. That's very creepy. Security measure. It's for your own benefit. It's <laughs> a good call. <laughs> so this guy, so you saw it on Twitter, didn't you, Dave? Uh, yeah, yeah. A guy posted it as his PFP. He got his new, new PFP. And there it was. I was like, oh, okay. So that's how I knew. That's funny. I followed that guy. He followed me back. You wouldn't know that there's like, that has been used on a beer label and like he wouldn't have any idea of this. Well, he knows that now because I saw he liked a tweet that one of us put out about the the beer NFT. So he's he's that's part of his story now, isn't it? He's probably telling yeah. he owned, he bought this monkey and it's part of a beer and like it helps. That's cool. Yeah, I mean he may have known that. How how would I know? He may have known that before. Yeah. Awesome. Or she. I don't I mean I don't know who it is. A non, some anon monkey on the internet. Yeah. Um, 
Do you guys get any feedback from the podcast last week? Yeah, I mean, just people saying, or you know, what's that about? What he's up to? And I just said it was a continuation of the stuff that really just happened in the chat. People are too lazy to type, so it's kind of like, why don't we just talk shit and record it? <laughs> That's a good summary, actually. Did you guys know that yarn is an Aussie term? <laughs> I didn't, well, I actually. Knew, I knew that, but I didn't think too much about that being a barrier, you know? Yeah. That people would trip up on that word. And, uh, I, I mean, that's an opportunity, isn't it? it? makes it more memorable, and it's an educational podcast now. That's true. Well, I, it's funny because I had lots of people, like I had heaps of people saying they love the name and they love the design, but in the same sentence saying they don't know what yarn means. <laughs> <laughs> it's a brand. It's now yeah. a brand. It is now. I, see, I had no idea. I just assumed that it was a universal word because, like, it isn't, isn't yarn like a, a, a piece of string that you weave? Like, you isn't that yeah. what a thing? And then your stories became yarns because they became, like, threads and whatnot? Yes. I don't know. I yeah, well, ha have a look. Oh, actually, this wasn't. Did you see this image I put in the show notes here? No. Oh, here I'll put it in. I'll put it in the um, Zoom chat. So this, this um, I've just got this doc that I've got for if we want to put some notes in things to talk about. But this image uh, was sent to me by Matthew Kimberley. Do you remember him, Jared? Yep. So this. <laughs> This dude, I went to speak at a conference once and I was like super, super nervous. And it was the conference that me and Jared met at. It was like eight years ago. I was super nervous. And the day before we went, we had like drinks out on the, you know, the deck, like overlooking the water. And we met Matthew Kimberley and he's like the funniest, most charming dude I've ever met in my life. And it's like, and everyone's like, oh, this guy's one of the speakers. And I'm like, oh man, I hope this guy's not speaking before me because he's going to be so good. And then <laughs> this is back when I was like super, just like, I, I just wanted everyone else to be shit so I could be good. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not like that anymore. But anyway, he spoke and he was like, it was like a 45 minute stand up comedy routine. It was, like, <laughs> it was so good. And then I was like, oh my God, I have to speak. He spoke directly before me. And then I had to speak directly after him. It was fucking horrible. <laughs> um, but anyway, he's he's uh, English. He li I think he lives in Malta, doesn't he? But he's apparently this is an English thing as well. Yeah, right. Ripping. Well, I would have had to assume it's just not Australian. So anyway, there you go. Yarn for all those US listeners out there. It means telling a good story. So there it is. Yeah. Um. All right. So do you want to get straight into the AI stuff? Why not? Let's go. I've, hey, I've got an idea. Do, is one, do one of you guys, do you want to share your screen and watch some TikTok videos? Can we do that? Or do we get like busted for like licensing or something? I think we'd be, we'd cool. I don't think anyone's going to care about yeah. us. Well, actually, I think it's on YouTube. We don't put this on YouTube anyway. Well, do you, do you want to do it, Dave? I'll put them here and I can get your reaction since you're the designer. These are all Photoshop AI videos. Right. Okay. Hang on. So, what am I doing? I don't know. You have, what to, you, doing. Have to, you have to click share screen, and then yeah. you click share screen. You have to click the checkbox that says share audio. Okay. Share sound. Optimize for video clip. And then go to what? What am I going to? I'll put the links in the in that little Google Doc I just sent you. This is is this like um, people saying a month ago that Adobe had no moat? 
No, 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 no. This is this is literally people using this new gener generative. I, I, I know what we're going to look at, but is this is this made more funny now because people were saying a month ago that Mine Valley and all that were were disrupting Adobe and having no moat. Yeah, yeah. And here we are now. It's all right. Hang on. Here we go. I've got, I've got number one didn't work. Video unavailable. This is number two. Oh, really? I can't see your screen. How come I can't see your screen? Uh. Started screen sharing. No, sorry. Please restart your everything. That's not going to work. Sorry. No. <laughs> I can't even see you. Yeah, no. That's bad. Cancel. That was going to... Oh, hang hey, on. It's up now. It's there, you go. there you go. Can you hear my audio, though? Can you hear this? No. No. Right. Then, yeah, no. We've got a problem. Well, just start it again, see if it works. Is it going to work? <laughs> no, nah, because my audio is routed weird because... Uh, you know, music setups and well, you can. To be honest, it, you don't need the audio. It's literally just people using this generative fill feature and kind of losing their shit. Can you right. hear the audio? I can hear the audio. Yeah, I mean, we we can just talk over it. We we don't need to hear the audio. Right. So this one that I'm watching now is got a black swan on a screen. He's just shrunk it down, and then uh, let's have a look. So he's shrinking it down. He's in Photoshop. He's going to use the generative content tool around it. So he's going to select the whole thing and generative fill this uh, background. And what have we got? Mm, it turns the background into a lake. Great. <laughs> pretty that's, pretty that's, fucking realistic one. It's pretty good. Yep. Yep. Good. Good. It's pretty good. I'll, I'll give that. And that's putting things. that's putting in no words, right? That's just literally clicking a button. Right, right. Yeah. So no prompt, no okay. AI prompting uh, required for this uh, <clears throat> build tool from Photoshop. Oh, mate's comment. That's bullshit. You're just showing the original photo and then revealing all of it. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> that's so good. Oh my gosh! But people have done this on like you know famous paintings and all kinds of shit. I saw some really cool ones for music music covers, like classic. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, that's, a, that's cool. a good one. I love this. I love the whole like photographers are dead. Yeah, <laughs> there's it's just hilarious. Because wait, can you hear this? What this dude's saying? Because he's like, oh wait, there goes my job just disappeared right there. It's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I can, and I think I heard the same thing about. A million other transformative technologies a million times. You're not convinced, are you? You're pretty you're pretty comfortable you're still gonna have a job. Yeah, man. <laughs> I love these videos. I see I've seen like 10 of these a day on TikTok. Like Yeah. Anyway. I'm like I'm not convinced. Not of the technology of how good it is at doing that sort of stuff. Um, but I'm not convinced that there's going to be almost like all of a sudden a redundancy of, um, people that like, like original thought, right. Or like at mm. least creativity, like what are you prompting it with is the biggest thing. But a lot of that stuff is, is, is not even asking for a prompt. Like a lot of that is just clicking a, literally just clicking a button. Yeah, yeah, no, like I 
but what I'm saying is, is like, like, why do you need a photo of a black swan in the first place? Dude, I would use this. I, I reckon I would use this for every single blog post I write because you can stop sharing your screen unless you want to uh, look at another one. Um, no, I'm good. The, you know, even just the, the land, you're just getting a landscape image or like getting an image of a different size. It, you could even say like for blog posts, I always want a landscape image and almost all the images are, are like that. So I would use it. I don't have access to Photoshop anymore, but I would literally use it for just about every blog post I write. And you could say the, the opposite too. If you're creating content for the phone, but all the images you have are square or, are, you know, if a lot of them are landscape, you could, you would probably use it for a lot of those as well because you want to get but what, that way. Yeah, but what were you doing before for the blog post images? Choose a choose a shitter image. So or, or doing it manually. Like if, if you've got a, like if you look at, you know, if you've got an image where the right-hand side and the left-hand side have some sort of vague background, I know enough about Photoshop to go in there and kind of cut one pixel, duplicate it out, and make the image wider. It probably takes, I don't know, five minutes to do that on a, on a photo that's not complicated with, you know, like a basic flat background or something like that. Yeah. Or like a gradient or something like that. But for an image that has a, like a full-on detail behind it, I would either do a shitty crop of the image or I'd just choose a different image. Yeah, well, I, I think, like, I'm not underestimating the power of the technology to make things more efficient for designers or for creatives. Like, that's not in question. Like, a, there's a definitely... Um, and, I mean, essentially, that's why Canva became a whatever billion-dollar company that it did, right? It basically took Photoshop and just simplified all of Photoshop into an online tool that you know you could give to your marketing manager so yeah you know there's there's value in there that can be extracted and pulled into a business to think though that for whatever reason like there's now no requirement for graphic designers well i can tell you it's exactly the opposite almost mm. there's like more work out there for graphic designers than ever before because everyone wants to get a leg up on the competition now because everyone's oh. seeing the same thing so they're like oh how do i make this look different and the, the answer is just get someone to make it different. And so, like, there are certain jobs which will always get sort of made more efficient and mean that it'll become more, either more profitable to do that thing for the organisation than it was previously, so they'll reallocate budget to something else. But the idea that creativity itself is going to be... Uh, you know, um, taken over, like by just because it's pulling from a data set that already exists, like that, all of those fills, everything that it comes from, comes from a bank of images on the net. And there's like only so far you can push that before it breaks, before it goes, no, I don't know what that looks like, or I don't know how that, you know, comes together. Um, there are definitely some funky results in like some because a lot of these videos that are just showing where this thing goes really wrong, which is kind of entertaining. Oh yeah, and it does that more than you think because you yeah. only ever see the really good ones, right? Yeah. Like all the stuff you're seeing is like the best of like the stuff that. But you can, you know, if you go on now and just try that, and I've got the Photoshop beta right here. Like I, I've been mucking around with it myself, and I tried it on a whole bunch of stuff, and like nine out of ten is shit. Yeah, I tell you, like that's not right. And then you spend more, longer trying to fix it with more prompting and more reset and more generation than you do just by like 
actually going and taking a photo of the thing you wanted to take a photo of in the first place. Yeah. It's like, click, you've got the photo you want, or type in a million prompts, regenerate a million things, pull in a million things. Like, there will be a time when it all catches up. And, you know, I think I saw something on the internet where there was a guy who had a device which mapped like GPS location to uh, existing data image sets and then like built an AI image from just GPS location data, like based on time of day, um, number of cars in the street, et cetera, et cetera, right? It knew what buildings were there already. Like, so there's some applications like that where like if you don't have, um, you know, the time to go out and shoot something like over the other side of the world, but you want to build a visual of, you know, Paris that doesn't exist, you could like pull together the tools to do that. Now, that sort of stuff is awesome because you don't know where the creativity is going to lead. And, you know, just putting tools in front of people who are really creative, they're going to find awesome ways to use them. Mm. Um, but that's the, the point is that you need the people there to still to prompt it, to, to be like, I want to generate an image of this. Yeah for this purpose and unless people are gonna like all of a sudden not do that and um just be like well we don't need to create content anymore like it's not the machine itself isn't going to have anything to do mm. what do you reckon jared are all designers going to lose their jobs well i mean the only thing that i know for sure is that these things are on an exponential growth curve yeah so like it's it's very easy to be excited by it and also dismissive of it at the same time but it's that early in the like how how many months are we into really starting to see some stuff come out that's u- usable a couple of I months. had this same thought cuz I cuz when I put this article out about doing the AI beer can that was I'm looking at it now that was December 2022 and at that point like I was like super excited about like Dally E and Midjourney Midjourney is Pretty fucking cool. But like now when you go to Dali E and look at what it does, it's fucking shit. Compared to this shit, it's like it's a joke. That's only that's only that's six months ago. And that's that's the like the three Ds of disruption. It's like, you know, something becomes digitized and then it's deceptive. You know, it's in that deceptive phase in many ways right now. Um, and what what typically comes from that is it it's laughable. It's, it, you know, you can never see it possibly doing things that, you know, you, you think it might be celebrated as doing one day, but it's on that exponential curve and that that obviously starts to stack in its favour. Um, I don't know. I just think all of these right, tools... What's the third D? I don't even know what the I'll third have to go D. and Google it. Um, Domination? Demonetization, basically. So it's like, gets, you know, eventually whatever that curve is on, the <clears> thing <throat> becomes demonetized. It's like... What does that look like when, you know, those those skills, that technology demonetizes the things that were possible before? It's kind of the three yeah. Ds of disruption. I think there's actually six, but there's focusing on three. Um, I don't know. It's early, and I don't think, yeah, it's it's hard to say that, um, you know, things aren't going to change dramatically. I reckon there's a lot of ego, too, around people in roles and, you know, protective kind of stuff that goes on yeah um that's what i was going to say if if i think dave's approach is right to be kind of a little bit cynical about whether or not it's going to take everyone's job but at the same time be playing around with these tools and i, I talked yeah. to if someone like dave knows how to use these tools he's like 10x better than 
someone like me who knows how to use these tools. Well, more so, to the point is if there's someone like Dave who just sticks his head in the sand and doesn't consider these tools, they're going to get left behind. I think. 100%. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think like that's the the um, the risk is that you bury your head in the sand. And mm-hmm. I think that that's like, you've, you've seen that with companies like, you know, Kodak and, you know, some of these bigger organizations that, you know, they don't pivot quick enough. Um, and the people that ignore it and don't explore it and see what it can do um, are the ones that will sort of lose out at the end of the day. Um, and I think like, you know, it's different phases of your, you know, where you're at either professionally or personally too. Like some of the, some of the, the, the people that, you know, are not going to pick this up are people that aren't worried. Like they're like, this technology might have a transformational effect five or 10 years, but here I am at the last half of my career. So it's not going to, you know, impact me too much. Whereas there's other people, 20, 25, they're just starting out. They know that if they don't get in and use this, like that, like this is the future. Right. And it was like, when I first picked up, you know, Illustrator and Photoshop, you know, that like, this is where the industry is going because you can just feel that we can do things on this stuff or not and using these tools um, that makes things way more efficient and way easier uh, for what we're trying to achieve. Now, a good example of that is when I I came into the publishing industry, um, (coughs) it wasn't, you know, it was five years previous to that where they were still scanning the photos in with a scanner, right? Hmm. Like, the, so a photographer, like I worked in the surf industry, a photographer would go out, shoot a roll of film in the surf with a big housing, have to go and process the roll of film, create the negatives. They would send all the negatives into the magazine. You would have a, a photo editor who had a, uh, a slide viewer where it was just like a, a box they would sit down and inspect each slide they would put it into a thing they'd have like a little magnifying glass find the slide that had the best photo then they would have to get that processed then so they'd have to gather up all the slides send it off to a processing place where they would enlarge all the slides and make prints out of it and then they would send those prints back then they would have to get scan those prints into the magazine and like then you had digital cameras yeah and see if you and if I extrapolate that story to to now, the version of that story that might sound as ridiculous in five years is you used to have to take pictures digitally, and then you'd put them into Photoshop, and then you would have to use these crop tools. Do you know what I mean? Like there is a version of that story five years into the future, and I think you're right. And um, unless you're willing to kind of disrupt yourself, you'll be disrupted by these tool sets and. Um, yeah, you, you, the way you do work is going to change for sure. Yeah, and I agree. I just think like that when it comes to things like, you know, what, like what at the heart of, I guess, you know, we, we're looking at photographs here, you know, Photoshop are using photographs as an example. Now, what's the point if that, whatever that, you know, image is didn't actually happen, right? So, how do you generate an image of something that happened without actually being there? And this is the difference between what we're talking about with creating just pure content for content's sake or capturing a moment in time as it was. So 
that for me is where it's like hard because I'm so used to dealing with images, particularly from my background, that were a microsecond in time, water moving, mm. um, bodies moving, like motion, captured motion that, you know, one millisecond before was different, one millisecond after was different. It's a that and you've got it. And that moment in time can never be recreated no matter how hard you try. So it's this idea that all of that's just going to be somehow replaced doesn't work for me within within that sort of my world, right? Yeah. Now, when you're talking about content that just needs an image. Very to... philosophical discussion that you've just thrown <laughs> up. <laughs> but... Yeah, because I, because I think a lot of like you, you got to think of what people are using the images for. Like in my example, exactly. I don't give a shit what is in the image. I just want a featured image for the blog post. It's not that important. Right. Totally different so use case. Yeah, so that's that's the sort of when when I look at the broader scope of it and and sort of step back from what the technology is doing, it's the idea of um, why photography in I guess photography in itself matters about capturing an image rather than just getting an illustrator or a three D designer or you know to create something visual to tell a mm. story. Like, what are you? Um, actually doing now use it to create logos useless use it to create icons useless you can't do it like yeah it's horrible i've tried Here, like here's logos. an interesting use case this uh aiden guy dave you, you might follow him he does some of the black ops beer cans oh yeah um, and he he messaged me after our last episode i think and sent me this photo so for the last limited release i just put it in the chat here um the beer can he, he does this kind of style of like illustration but the beer can, he just did, you know, the old school way, however he does it. He might do it by hand and then scan into Illustrator and trace it. I'm not sure how he does it. Mm -hmm. um, but then the background, just for the sake of having a different way of presenting it, was done with mid-journey, I think. So it's, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily producing something that he couldn't produce before, but it is showing an image. And I don't know if they use this. I'm, I'm not involved there anymore, but it is showing an image in a nice way where previously in the past, I would have sent that off to a photographer to get professional photos taken of it. And to be honest, looking at the image, I probably still would, but we're getting pretty damn close to the, the time where if a designer can just make something look that good, you know, in a couple of seconds after, after doing the beer can, you might not send that off to get photos taken of it. No, exactly. Like, and that's a really good use case, right? You've got a product which you need to market, which needs a suite of you know marketing collateral that can now be created by the designer themselves rather than as you said employing a photographer and going through the whole rigmarole of like setting up a shoot and blah 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 blah. maybe not even the designer i've seen a lot of these product photo type things on tiktok it's, it feels like i get only get my information from tiktok which is probably <laughs> have you seen a lot of those just the product photo stuff where it's just like yeah. loosely surround this product and then just make it look sick in a couple of, i know yeah. you only see the best of what of the best on there but you know, you might be cutting out, not only cutting out the photographer, but cutting out the designer as well in that case. So my um, like thinking when I think about this stuff, because it's been running through my head for a while is, uh, I mean, a lot of people have skill sets and they commanded premiums for their skill sets for a long period of time. We know people that are listening here that probably are in that bracket. And it's what happens to that market when the bottom, I don't know, third, more, are lifted up into a this kind of skill set now that maybe previously was paid for with a premium. Right. What happens to the premium? Does it exist anymore? That's kind of 
Yeah, what, I don't know. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think I think it's like if I think about the beer example, like when we we used to do like fifty beers a year, right? And you'd give every beer a different treatment because every beer had a different budget because every beer was a different size. So, like for a beer that was a five hundred liter batch, I wouldn't get Dave to design it for me because I couldn't afford to pay him because we're only selling three cartons of the beer. Um, yeah. And if you think about like an e-commerce site, like I'm supporting a lot of sites that have hundreds of products, but they probably only got four or five that are their best products. So for the four or five, they probably want to go that real premium, get the really good photos, make them look really good. But for everything else, you know, they might just not take photos of those anymore. They might do them themselves and they look 99% as good and it kind of wipes out. It, well, I mean, it either wipes out a chunk of photographer's work or it lifts the quality of the presentation where before they just took it in the phone and therefore they're kind of getting that income as opposed to, I don't know, the yeah, competition where does, where, like, the is, is, there no, is there no more premiums? Like I think I can see examples where there is absolutely some people that you are prepared to pay more for that, but I think they're going to be, there's going to be less of them. There has to be because of just the sheer, like the addressable size of people. Or is there going to be more work now because of these tools? Does it create more work? Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. the demand for a freelancer, is that going to mean, yeah, they can no longer charge what they might have used to because everything's been demonetized, which is the general trend with technology. Um, I don't know. That's what I think about. Well, I think I think your point about the, you know, the bottom end coming up is a good example because I like what I'm doing with my WordPress business, I'm supporting all these websites in a way that I couldn't have done in the past because like these days it's it's becoming rare and rarer for me to actually need a developer to help fixing these sites because I know I know enough to be dangerous with code and 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 whatnot but I'm not you know if, if I get if I need to troubleshoot PHP or run command lines or anything I, I need a developer for that historically but with ChatGPT and Bard working side by side um, and with the technologies getting better I'm I'm doing 99% of the work myself um and when i was when i used to be in wordpress eight years ago i didn't do it really any of the work myself because it all it almost always required a developer so i'm almost in a way i'm taking the job of what previously would be a developer so i guess your question is what's that person doing now is that person got no work to do or are they doing more high-end shit or have they moved on to a different field or well i think it dismantles a heap of people that were probably just average like clear yeah. clear as day but yeah, I mean, if the bottom third gets lifted up, there's probably now more work, um, just in general. But it, the tool set's different, and I don't know. I mean, I, I just can't see how you can justify premiums in because the market's changed. There's, you know, like there's, there might be some exceptions to that rule, but I think generally speaking, um, the trend is that things trend down as they become more widespread and available yeah i don't know what that looks well, you like put, for your, everyone. You put your six d's in the in the chat there so well that's the six d's yeah <laughs> digitization you use a camera example that went from being like a photographer you know film and whatever and and then early days what were the first like cameras like dave they were pretty ordinary weren't they the pictures they took digital cameras. yeah i mean you had like you know one megapixel, two megapixel cameras. 
And then oh, you would have people do, saying, do you know how shit they are? Like I, I remember getting, like, cause I had a phone, I think that was 1.3 megapixels. And I was like, this is awesome. But I've still got the photos in my, in my drive from some of those photos. They're fucking horrendous. Well, that's yeah, the terrible. deception phase. So it's like something gets digitized and then there's these emerging technologies happen and it's deceptive because people look at it and think, well, this, why would I do that when I can use my photographer, like traditional thing and it's a better result. And we're kind of in that deceptive phase with a lot of the stuff we're seeing now. We're, we're seeing just early kind of things. But then as you can see what happens next typically goes through the rest of it. So disruption, demonetization, dematerialization and democratization. Basically, think, it gets it becomes free and affordable. Yeah, um, I can tell you're a teacher, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it becomes. But then there's like specialization, right? And then this is what happens a lot of the time with tech is that it finds a niche, and then you get specialists within the niche who just know how to do one thing with this tech really, really well, and they become highly sought after. Yeah. Um, so you know, I think of it. And we'll just use, we'll keep using photography as an example. There's, you know, a mate of mine is now shooting, you know, he specializes in water photography, but now shoots high-end commercials for massive clients specifically for that one thing, but gets paid a premium to do so. Mm. So the technologies allowed him to navigate like the his space the photography market this sector but he focused on doing one thing really really well and what that was meant and just by doing that meant that there was very few other people in the world who can do what he does um and so regardless of the outcome that i guess you know you can put something into chat gpt if you've got a massive client who wants a really specific thing they're going to pay the most money to the best people they can get to do that one thing. Yeah. And maybe and, maybe your mate's role changes over time from one where he's directly kind of in the water taking photos to one where he's more of a director of, you know, all the technologies and it's auto-generating a lot of this content and a lot of like this ad gets basically auto-generated, but someone has to chop it up and put it together in a way that looks you know, professional than a professional one. Conductors. Yeah, people yeah. become conductors but, of tool sets, maybe. Right, but but what the so the thing for me is is like you have to have been immersed in that space and spent the time in it to have the experience in it to know what you're doing in the first place. Yeah, you can't just give like a tool like ChatGPT to someone like who knows nothing about computers, right? And then say like, I mean, you can, but just give it to someone who knows computers, like. Well, but what if what if it costs you? Yeah, but see, this, this is the thing that I think people are missing with this. Like I li listened to a podcast during the week where there was this guy who was like an AI skeptic and it wasn't like, you know, AI is going to take over the world and kill us. It was just that he just didn't think any of this shit is accurate enough. And he was using ChatGPT as, as an example, basically just saying, you know, what you're saying, which is you want something to be the best all the time. But I don't, I don't think that's true. Like I, Like when I use... Chat GPT, like I, I did this article thing the other day where I wrote 20 articles in one day and, and I wrote most of them myself, but I had Chat GPT there as like almost like a little coworker and Bard just on, on the side of my screen, more almost like a, a colleague where it wasn't so much as a search engine. Like I would go in there and say, you know, like what was the market share of WordPress in 2006 or something? 
but I knew what it came back with may not necessarily be accurate. And I sort of started thinking about it like it was it was like a colleague that you're sitting next to that you're kind of bouncing ideas off that, you know, this person may not be an expert in the history of WordPress, but you bouncing ideas off this person helps the creative process and it stops you from having mind blanks. And even though the information coming out of it isn't 100% accurate, it's still super useful in the whole process. And that's that's what I think people are missing which is it's like ChatGPT and BARD aren't necessarily replacements for search engines because you go to a search engine to get an exact fact about something. These things have become like useful kind of like digital colleagues, um, which which I think is interesting because it seems to me that Microsoft are treating this as a search engine and Google are treating it as like a, a digital sort of colleague. And so that's going to be super interesting. Because who's going to be right? Yeah. I mean, no, and I get that point. I think in terms of where I was sort of going with my idea on that wasn't so much that it wouldn't be like, um, wouldn't you wouldn't be able to disrupt entire industries. It was more that through that disruption phase, you get specialist a specialist phase, right? And so... Like when you have, you, you talked about like what premium looks like and it's always about customization. Premium has always been about customization, something personal, personalized, uh, luxury, luxurious. And to do that, you've got to differentiate of what is out there at the base level. And so even today, like fonts are a really, really good example of this. Now from a designer's world, you can go onto Google font. There is a gazillion fonts out there, right? Um, you know, 1001freefonts.com, like literally mm. a thousand fonts at your fingertips. Mm. But there are still font services who today clients will pay tens of thousands of dollars to, to get customized fonts specific to the product that they want to get. Yeah. Um, and there's huge businesses out there, like still basically that premium end of town still exists because despite how good everything is and how much of it's available, you'll always want to set your product or your service apart in some way. And usually if you want to do that, you're going to pay for the premium for customization. And if you can afford it, yeah. So that's when I start to think about, you're right, but it's it's impossible to scale personalization in a way without the tools that we're talking about. Because what does it look like at the high end? It's everything personalized. Everyone's experience personalized in real time by AI. That's kind of where I immediately start to think about because obviously, mm. you know, that's what people try and want to do. But that's going to scale to every experience that someone has with the brand is potentially customizable and individual. Does that make sense? Well, it's I'm been going that, that way anyway by, you know, things like MailChimp, right? Like, you mm. know, this automated email campaigns have been personalizing things now for, what, 15 years? Like this idea of personalization of content and product isn't new it's being accelerated by ai because you can potentially now do a hell of a lot more with a hell of a lot less but the other thing that other levers in terms of like that space that you can pull are things like scarcity and so like i think it's just this this, this shifting kind of sands around like what's happening in the space what as you said you know the, the in the d's the democratization of the tools that are available to make things more you know um to make them more accessible for everybody right it's great because it does lift the bottom up but if you look at the technology over the last 30 years it hasn't displaced or made 
any less jobs or any less mm. like, roles. Like it just, people always think it's going to have that effect and it just kind of doesn't. Like the, that is, that is kind of true. Like I, think, I, I think like Canva really should have replaced 90% of the designers out there, but most designers still got plenty of work to do. Exactly. Yeah. No, I'm not, I'm never been in that school set. It augments work mm-hmm. for sure. And I think it's, it's a huge thing here too that, um, you know, it's not going to, it absolutely changes people's works, but I, I'm not of the mindset that people lose jobs and everyone's going to be sitting around doing nothing. I think there's other concerns for sure, but um, I'm I'm bullish about this stuff. I think it's actually net positive for so many people that have these skills like yourself um, for, for so many different reasons. You know, it's I lean into the disruption. Yeah, I think people I are going to lose jobs for sure. Like, well, I'm only putting I, it through... Sorry, Dan. I was like, I was gonna sort of like bundle this and put it through my lens of which is a, as a creative, right? Like, and I can't speak to a, you know, a coder or someone from another field. I can only speak to it from like a design and creative perspective. Um, so yeah, I think like we've already seen companies, tech companies particularly, you know, announce tons of layoffs, you know, from hmm. their divisions, which are probably likely related to you know the introduction of AI into some of their systems. So. I do agree that there will be a shift in the work environment. Um, but yeah, from a creative's perspective, like I think that there'll always be a a need there for that kind of how do we use this for the next thing? I think it's gonna change, you know, it's it's going to if you're a company that has, you know, four or five people doing research on something in then all of a sudden they start using chat GPT and they can do it ten times as quick. Initially it's gonna mean these people have less work to do, and that's what's happening now. You know, these people still have full-time jobs, but they have less to do and they're less productive. And ultimately, if people are less productive, what will happen is either those organizations will suffer because the competition won't be put up with it, or the organization will realize that we don't need this many people to do this much work. And um, I'm I'm not like a doomsday type person, but I think there'll be less jobs for sure. Like Like if you think about your stuff, Jared, like I don't know anything about teaching, but I know there's like the way the structure of the workday is with teachers. There's only a certain amount of time you're teaching and there's a lot of time where you're planning and prepping and marking assignments and, and whatnot. And therefore that that adds up to a full-time job, you know, for a standard teacher. Um, if the time out of the classroom goes to one-tenth of what it is now because they can, you know, use your tools to create lesson plans automatically and they don't have to sit around and think and they can mark assignments and they can auto-generate feedback responses. And if that time goes from 10 hours to one hour, that's going to change the structure of that work because it's going to be very obvious that you're going to have teachers with a whole lot of extra time on their hands and, and that there's going to be a way to restructure the work. No, and it, I, it can only I, result I, in for sure, teachers. definitely. Um, at the moment, schools are in shortages, so it's, it's a, that would be a net positive for the industry. Um, but I, I'm of the general mindset that even though roles will decrease, there'll be less, maybe people face-to-face or whatever, we've always seemed to find a way for new work to be born that has never been conceivable before. And you mm. can go back through history and look at how these things have kind of come up, you know, in the past and the doomsday scenarios, but we've always arrived at new work, new industries, new new scenarios. I just generally think that is kind of a, a trend that we can perceive. Maybe maybe this is the time where that won't happen, but um, I think you're right. There's going to be a lot of changes in in the roles. Yeah. Um, all right, well, how about we end on this? How, how big do you think this is? Because I was thinking about this. Um, 
you know, this podcast I was listening to, this guy was comparing it to the iPhone. And I remember when, like in terms of historical significance of this AI shift, I remember when the iPhone came out, I had a smartphone, a Windows one before that. Um, well, it wasn't a Windows phone, but it had a Windows operating system on it two years before the iPhone came out. To me, the iPhone didn't seem that disruptive. It kind of happened slowly. Like, I, you know, I'd look at my, my mate got one and I'm like, oh, that's cool. You can swipe through the videos on YouTube. That's pretty sick. Um, gradually, you know, they released the app store and then it was like, oh, okay, you can actually do some shit here that you couldn't do before. Like Uber to me was a massive lifestyle change um, and maps and all, all, the, all the other stuff. But it was super gradual, right? Whereas this, this has gone from basically not existing to pretty much everyone I know using one of these things. Like I use, I use this thing every 10 minutes, I swear to God. Um, so what do you guys think? How big is it? I'd like, I think this is, this is bigger than, bigger than blockchains, NFTs, bigger than the iPhone. I think it's the biggest thing we've seen. Um, I, I would kind of put it into two different, buckets right like there's ai as we sort of are witnessing it right now um and then there's machine learning which is like another kind of level of i want to say it's like you know that's the kind of the secret source to all of this is self-learning machines right mm. like data sets that keep growing that then teach themselves the new thing and then how to respond based on what you input and that's something that i think is now going to infiltrate just about everything we do like at a digital level anyway i don't think i think in terms of like transformational technology it's it's huge i think that there's probably been nothing in the last you know, as you said, since the iPhone, really, where it's like, wow, like this will, you can see it. You can see that like every product's going to have it. Um, mm. If you're not using it, you're going to be behind. Uh, what, like how, how it gets used, no one really knows. But you know that in some way, shape or form that if you're using, you know, advanced machine learning um, and artificial intelligence, that you're going to be ahead of the competition. So I think it's it's massive. Um I think though that there's a really a, a huge opportunity um, and almost a requirement to go hand in hand with blockchain stuff, which is probably a mm. a topic for another episode. But that's a good, yeah, that's a good topic for another episode. I think, um, yeah, I think it's huge. Agree. It's it's bigger than the preceding waves for sure. I mean, they were enabling; they they were required to get to this wave. Um, but for me, like I always resort back to my own, you know, experience and expertise. Um, the iPhone didn't make it possible to scale learning and education to everyone. It, it did more than like, you know, than possible, you know, with the at videos and having mobile devices and all that sort of stuff meant that more people could get access to learning. Um, but sort of AI takes that whole concept even further. Everyone personalized tutor, real-time feedback, all kind of happening from a mobile device. So for me, that's just kind of like, yeah, it's it's bigger again for sure. Mm. Um does it yeah. make us busier? Probably. Just need do. work to do. <laughs> yeah. 
So did did the did the invention of email and always on iPhone make take work away or did it add work? Did are no, we busier now than we ever sure. been? Yeah, I think so. Mm. Does this do this? Is this step change another step change towards a twenty four seven work environment? Possibly, knowing yeah. humanity. Mm. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, big questions. Big yeah. questions. Well, I like the I like the idea of the um how it impacts you know how it can work with blockchain nft stuff as a topic for a future one i won't be able to add much value but i'm sure you guys can talk about that all day yeah i, know, I think we're usually pretty bad predictors of the future but yeah um i think you know the one thing i try and remind myself is that i'm not really a special snowflake um, as much as i like to bank experiences and things that i've done over the years because some of that stuff's been clearly commoditized right now and you know, what does that mean? Like I, I need to keep disrupting myself or kind of risk being irrelevant mm. if I want to remain. Um, and that's, that's an ego shot, but like, I think that's what, that's the, that's the lesson I've got for most of the stuff that's going on now. Yeah. That's good attitude. All right. Let's leave it there. I got to go. Sounds good. See you next week. Cheers legends. See you next week. <laughs>